Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. My name is Mike, and this week my guest is a guy that I've been following on Instagram. And uh, I got really intrigued because he went to my old haunting ground in the Bighorn Mountains and paced somebody at the Bighorn 100, and I was jealous. And so I was like, man, I'm going to get this guy on and learn more about him. And so here we go, Justin Andreas. Did I get that last name right? You did. You did. <laughs> there you go. See, you know, good things happen sometimes. Trust cool, me, so. you would not be the first person to butcher it. I promise you that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I won't tell you what I wanted to, how I wanted to pronounce it before I asked you. So yeah, we won't even go there. So yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. So Justin, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do when you're not out running badass races. Well, my name, uh, like you said, Justin Andrews. Um, I am actually a uh, U.S. Air Force firefighter. Uh, I've been on active duty for 17 years as of four days ago. So looking at about three more years and then I'm planning on retiring and maybe making running a full-time job if my wife will let me and support me. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Wow. I got to figure out how to do that. I haven't quite figured out how to make this pay for itself. Oh, trust me. I, uh, that, that is not something that she's uh, willing to do either. So I'm definitely going to have to get another job and find out what the <laughs> real world is like. So, <laughs> uh, well, you know, running is much better. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I've lived uh, all over the U.S. I've lived all over almost the world. I've lived in Louisiana, Alaska, England, Guam, South Dakota, and then now I'm back up in Alaska again for That's the amazing. second time. So I'll be here for four years and probably my last four. So you're glad. Here, so. so do you think you'll retire up to Alaska or is that? You know, I fell in love with the Black Hills when I lived there for three years. Um, the wife and I just really enjoyed it. It's kind of a hidden gem. I'm, now that I'm telling the world that it's a hidden gem, it's not going to be a hidden gem anymore. But That's okay. I've been telling um, the world about the Bighorn Mountains and nobody's walking <laughs> there. So I know. I don't get it. Um, you know, the Bighorns are only about a three and a half hour drive from Rapid City, South Dakota. So, um, you know, we have that essentially in our backyard as well. But you know, there's there's so many trails out in the Black Hills, and you can go out there and spend all day on the trails and never run into anybody. So, I think that that is going to be where we retire. But, uh, well, I say retire. I'm only 35 years old, but retire from the military. Right, so, right. Retire um, from the first career. From the go. first career, and you know, try to find out what I want to do when I grow up. So, that's, so what, uh, do, what that's does an what Air Force at. firefighter do? Firefighter do? Do are you like? on the tarmac all the time or what well so half of our station will be on the flight line side and half of it will be on the street side so we can respond to house fires any kind of building emergencies any kind of medical emergency so what you would imagine that your normal fire department would do in your city we do also on the base and so we have a fully functional fire department of you know, sometimes 50, 60 firefighters that work on the base, half the guys will respond to aircraft emergencies um, and the other half will respond to medical, any kind of emergency that happens actually out on the base. So um, some bases have hundreds of homes on the installation. We have, you know, dorm rooms that have hundreds of individual dorm rooms. So we stay pretty busy um, as, as a fire, fire department within the Air Force. Wow. That's cool. I did not realize all that was involved. So absolutely. That's awesome. Cool. It's like a little town. If you've never been on a military installation, they run like a little town. We have our own grocery store. We have our own shopping, restaurants. You can have your house on base. It, you would get bored if you did it, but you could essentially live on base and never leave. So how did you get into running? Like, have you been a runner your whole life or what? 
So I, I ran track in high school. I was a, well, I'd say junior high and high school. I was the 400 guy. Um, I was, I was fast in the 400, but I wasn't fast enough to run the hundred. So I got stuck in the 400 and I was sneakily good at it, I guess. Okay. And so I ran the 400 all through junior high and high school. Now, don't get me wrong. I hated running the 400, but I was good at it. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, I ran the 400 single event and then I ran the mile relay all through high school, junior high and high school. And then, you know, being in the military, you're required to run at least a mile and a half a year. So that's pretty much what I did from, <laughs> from the time that I joined the military until one day I was in Guam and I, I've been a pretty fit guy my whole life lifting weights. I got into the CrossFit uh, realm of things for a little while, but everything was just kind of boring to me. And I just, I couldn't understand why I would jump around from, you know, lifting heavy weights and getting strong. And then I'd be like, no, I don't like that. Let me go back to this. And, you know, so I just swapped around to a bunch of different things. And I had a buddy that was a, I would say semi-pro triathlete. You know, he's done Kona a couple of times, sponsored by some not so popular clothing companies and stuff like that, that, you know, they produce stuff for triathletes. But anyway, he was, running quite a bit and getting ready for a marathon. And about four weeks before this marathon, I asked him, I'm like, Hey, what would it take to run a half marathon uh, next year? And he's like, why wait till next year? We can just do it this year. And I'm like, bro, it's like a month away. He was like, yeah, that's fine. You're fit enough to, to bang out a couple runs and go do it. I think I ran a two fifty or something like that. Okay. Like it was absolutely awful, but I loved every minute of it. And I was hooked from there. That's awesome. Um, so the next year I ran that same marathon, but I ran the actual marathon. Um, it was the Guam International Marathon. So I ran a couple little half marathons in between training for the marathon, ran the marathon and absolutely hated it. And I, you know, it was weird. Like why, why did I hate running a marathon? Right after that, I moved to South Dakota Okay. and linked up with a couple people and found out that they run on trails. And yeah. So... <laughs> That's where the uh, that's where the love began. The real love began. Changes your whole perspective once you leave the roads, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, these trails are amazing. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but you definitely can't. Uh, when I transitioned from road to trail, like I, you know, it's 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 a it's a tough one, and I I try to teach people all the time, like, hey, you just you got to slow down. You have to enjoy it, but you know, there's just like, don't look at your watch anymore, and you're out in the woods. Have fun with it. And exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I fell in love with trail running and that's where the, that's where this journey has taken me so far. I'm out here in Alaska and in the wintertime, the trails just got so much snow on them that you right. just can't get out on them. So I turn back to the road on the, you know, in the wintertime, but I try to get out as much as I can in the summer and get on the trails out here because these trails imagine. are beautiful out here, but I yeah, know what you're saying. My, that's my last it, state that I have not done at least a 10 mile run in. So I, I'm well, like, we'll have to, we'll have to link up and we'll just have to get this done. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. So you get start running trails. How did you discover ultra marathons? Well, so I started listening to a podcast, um, about the time that I was training for my marathon and I found a podcast called 10 junk miles and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I just, I, I couldn't believe that they were out doing the crazy stuff they were doing. And I was just, I've always had this thing that, you know, I can do something bigger. I can do something better. And I've, I've always had that mindset, you know, when I was lifting weights, I was like, okay, I want to hit the thousand pound club. Now I want to hit the 1200 pound club and I want to gain this much weight and how far can I push myself? 
And so it was kind of the same mindset when it came to running. I wanted to see what I could do. How far could I push myself? And so I moved to South Dakota in 2019. So in 2020, the world started falling apart. Well, uh, Scott and the 10 Junk Miles racing team had a race called the Sugar Badger. And they put it out as a virtual 50K. And I said, you know what? I could do that. And so I trained for it. And it just so happened that a friend of mine was trying to set the FKT on the Mickelson Trail, which is a oh, hundred and ten or hundred and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So he was trying to set his FK set an FKT on it. And four of his or three of his other friends were running with him. The intention was them all to finish. And then I was going to meet them at night and run the last 30 or so with them. Okay. And so I met them at like 11 o'clock at night. It was in March, so it was cold. And I ran with this guy and everyone else had had dropped out uh, because of, you know, injuries sneaking up one way or the other. One guy got sick. You know how it works. Oh, yeah. And so it was just him and I out there running um, through the night. And yeah, I was able to uh, to get my 50K. And today that is my 50K PR. That's, it, that's so. awesome. So your first one, you just kind of jump out and go, let's run this thing at night. No, Absolutely. You know, that's awesome. Yep. That's, so you, you got, you got that Mickelson, fear out like, of the way, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the the night run. That was my my first uh, ultra. So that's awesome. And cool. then I was registered for the Black Hills fifty miler. So I was using that fifty k as a training run for the fifty miler. Of course, you know, just like what you canceled. would always do. Uh, yeah, canceled. So <laughs> everybody in the organization was like, "Well, let's just do a fat ass race and let's just go out and do different distances." And so uh, the same friends that I ran the you know, the 30 mile through the night with, um, we're like, Hey, we're going to go out and do a hundred K on the course. If you want to join us. Well, these guys are the, what we would call the black Hills elite. Okay. <laughs> Great. I, I'm a newbie runner. I should not have been running with these guys. I ran the first 50 K with them and I didn't have a single clue what I was doing. I was, you know, fueling with M&Ms, uh, was not taking salts. It was a hundred degrees that day. Oh my gosh. Barely drinking water. I mean, I fell apart. My wife was out there crewing, you know, but some of the stops in between are 12, 11, 12 miles in between. So a lot can happen at 11, 12 miles. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I the fell apart. Are... We did have coolers stashed. So okay. we at least had water at those points, which if that wouldn't have been there, I, I would probably have died. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> probably That's with crazy. everyone else, because there was a lot of people out there that day, you know, just doing different distances. But yeah, so I made it to the 50K and I sat there for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And one of the wives was there from another one of the guys that were running and she had some experience. And between her and my wife, they brought me back to life enough to get me out of there. And I ended up doing doing 50 miles that day, not not 100K, but. Um, I probably should have stopped at 20 miles and not, uh, <laughs> not gone all the way to 50, but you That's know, it, awesome. it happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It happens way more than we care to say. For sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So now you've done a bunch of different races kind of all over the black Hills and have you done anything up in Alaska yet? I have. Yeah. So that same year, 2020, they actually had a race that was held. It was a 24 hour race. 
um, 24 hour, 12 and six hour race. And I wanted redemption on that hundred K that I didn't get. So I signed up for the 24 hour and it's just, it was just in the local town of rapid city on that hill that we call M Hill. So we, I think it was actually called the M Hill ultra. So yeah, I went out there and wanted redemption to get the hundred K knocked out and I was able to get 72 miles and got third place in my first official ultra marathon. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, let's just say that the competition, there was, I think there was only three people in the 24 <laughs> hours. So, no, I think there was a little bit more than that, but I was just the stubborn one that didn't quit. So, there you go. And then the following year, so I had my 2020 um, registration from, you know, the 50 miler. And then I thought, well, you know what? If I did, if I did 72 miles in 24 hours, I could do 100 on the Black Hills in 34 hours. So, there you go. Um, I rolled over my 2020 registration for the 50 mile into the 100 mile, paid a little bit extra, you know. And in 2021, I ran the Black Hills 100 as my first 100 miler. Wow. That's awesome. So, what was that like? It was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> uh no it went exactly like you would think your first 100 miler is going to go you know you had your ups and downs and you know i had a great team built around me my wife who is in my opinion the best crew chief out there i'm sure you think differently uh about your crew chief but <laughs> and then everyone else is about theirs but you know my wife is a great crew chief and uh yeah she so she was my crew chief i had great pacers lined up some people with with some experience in the back half of it so yeah, um, it, it went great. Um, the temperatures were better than we could have asked for. It kind of misted throughout the day, kept the temperature down, got to the turnaround point, you know, I don't remember, 12, 13, 14 hours, something like that. And then at about mile 70, you know, my feet fell apart, didn't know really what to do. So I had so much time banked that I hiked it in and made it. So awesome. that's, I was in the golden hour and, and, you know, that's where things kind of kicked off for my golden hour, my golden hour fun back of the packer. <laughs> hey, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you're in the back of the pack, you actually have a lot more fun than all the speedsters. Yeah. You get to take full advantage of the race. You know, you get to eat all the good food at the aid station. You get to meet all the people you, at an out and back. You get to high five everybody like <laughs> that's it's right. a great, it's a great place that's to right. be. Yeah. You meet, you meet a lot of people. And so, you know, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, by the time you hit some of those late aid stations, you know, they're really anxious to serve you and take care of you for one reason, one reason only. So they can leave. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, very... oh my gosh, we've been waiting on you for forever. That's right. We were wondering if you were going to get here. So oh. yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I have been the last person through an aid station and people going, please hurry, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. They they take care of you well and get you out of there. Yeah, so, yeah. Th- that is awesome. So golden hour finish at Black Hills. And then was it the next year that you ran Bighorn? Yeah. So the next year, you know, ever since I decided to start running ultras, I had this bug of the Western States hard rock, just like everybody else does. Yep. So I found a race that was three and a half hours away. And I was like, great, let's sign up for Bighorn. Let's get Bighorn done. And then I can get my Western States and my hard rock qualifiers out of the way. And so, yeah, I went out to Bighorns in 2022. The temperatures, oh my gosh, they were so hot that year. I think it it was over a hundred degrees both days. I don't know exactly how, how hot it was, but I know it was a hundred degrees. Um, I came into mile 30 and I was throwing up. I was just in a bad spot. And I had a buddy that was supposed to jump in with me at the 
top at the turnaround. Are you familiar with Bighorn? Yeah, Bighorn. Yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. I have run every mile of that multiple, multiple times. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I rolled into Sally's and I was throwing up. I was just. I was a disaster. And so my wife was actually running the 50k the next day. So we flew my dad up, and my dad was my crew chief. And my dad had that like hard mentality: you're you're not quitting, you're going to keep moving. That's and awesome. so. My pacer was supposed to jump in at the turnaround at Jaws, um, but he ended up jumping in at Sally's just wow. because I was in such a bind that he was like, he's going to need some help getting up. And so we we slow marched it all the way up. It's it's what, 18 miles 18 up, miles. 4,000 yep. feet climb. You know, it's a pretty gradual climb, but it's it's still 4,000 feet of gain. And then you run into, you know, the, the infamous bighorn mud up there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. So we slow marched it up. I, you know, was eating as much as I could, every chance I could. And by the time I got to the top, I was brought back to life. That's um, awesome. And so I actually did a turnaround and my buddy ended up running back down to Sally's with me. So he put 36 in. Um, wow. And then, you know, I had pacers all the way throughout and I, I even dropped my pacer from Sally's to Trifork. I dropped my pacer. I was feeling so good. I ended up negative splitting the second half which you know is uh what four miles longer four miles longer yep yeah four miles yep. longer and i ended up I, I think i did a 17 on the way up uh seventeen thirty on the way up and a 17 on the way down so wow. that's awesome yeah i that's I mean, amazing that's awesome so bighorn finished in the black hill 100 finish what a, have you done both any golden other hours both yeah both golden, golden hours. hours which is yep. the best time to finish it, it is so, yeah you know yeah. Well, so I I could have probably made it where it wasn't in the golden hour, but I got to that five mile death march of a road at the very end, and I had two hours to ba banked, and I was just like, you know what, we're gonna walk it in. So there you go. Did you, uh, did yeah, you walk, walked it in. Did you take any shots along the way? No. Okay. Because you know no. they're offering them. I didn't see any shots. Oh really? Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I probably would have, but I did not. <laughs> and did you get your? Did you get your um, freeze pop? Oh, know, absolutely! I got two there of them. Go. Two orange popsicles. I never forget that. Yeah, that's the that's the best aid station in the world. It really Mainly is, because just... it's the last one, and you know, <laughs> you know, you're almost done. So yeah, I think it was like 0. 0.9 mile to the finish, and you get popsicles, and yeah, yep. it, it was yep. great. Awesome. How long did it take you to wash the mud off? Um, I think it's still in my shoes to to today, and um. You know, that was last year, not this year. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah, paced, that, a, that paced a guy. I went back in 2021 and paced a guy and it was the sloppiest 2021. It wasn't that hot, but I paced a guy and it there was so much mud. It was, yeah. it was crazy. That's how it was this year. There was mud. Oh my gosh. There was so much mud. There, there was mud in places that I didn't even think would be mud um, last year. You know, there was nothing. Only mud we really had was you know, little sections here and there. And then, you know, the, the point where there's always mud, but this year there was just, the whole course was muddy. It was insane. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one year, um, I DNF the 50 and the reason was, was there was so much mud. We were coming up out of Sally's and the wall of death. Mm. And I swear that it seemed like it was a river of mud flowing down at you. Yep. So you like, you'd take one step and you'd slide back <laughs> like 10 and you'd take one step and you, I, it, it took me forever to get to bear camp. I, yeah. I want to say it took me almost an hour, almost two hours to get to bear camp. From and which is crazy. Cause that's, you know, it's three, three miles. miles. Yeah. 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 But I understand. Yeah. I understand. I've done yeah. that twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, that was nuts, but that's crazy. So what else are you doing this year? So you've paced Bighorn and Black Hills this year, right? 
I did. Well, earlier this year, I knocked my Western States qualifier out at the Rocky Raccoon 100. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I went down there, you know, as having to stick to the road in the wintertime, I thought that, um, you know, just to do something through the winter, I would train through the winter and then go knock out a hundred miler and my Western States qualifier. Cause you know, uh, hard rock, you don't need a qualifier every year. It, it right. goes for two. So, yep. um, I didn't have to run a hard rock qualifier this year. So, I decided just to do one early on. I'm originally from Texas, so my family came out and crewed. And cool. um, yeah, it was just really cool. Um, I was a Western States cutoff golden hour finisher, but not, okay. a, race, not a race golden hour. So um, yeah, was able to knock a lot of time off of my PR. So that was really cool. Cool. So um, you got the sub great. 30 finish then, right? I did. Yeah. 29.05 okay. or something like that. So awesome. Um, what a great race. Um, it's five 20 mile loops, but the eight stations are Oh man, they were just ran so well. It's just, it, I think the, the aid station, like one of them, I believe was ran by Hoka and the other one was, uh, it was one that was kind of split in half and you hit it twice wow. and it was ran by like the Dallas dirt runners or Dallas oh, wow. dirt something. I don't remember what they were, but just such great aid stations. And then the start finish line was just banging the whole time. It, it was just a fun race. So, so then the rest awesome. of the year, I, uh, I just decided that I was just going to have fun. And this is the year of fun. I wasn't going to really have any obligations. If I wanted to run a race, I would go run one, but just go run some miles, go explore, just, just have fun with running and just kind of, you know, stop getting into the monotonous style of, okay, I'm training for this race. This is what I got to do type stuff. And yeah, I just wanted to have fun this year. So I knocked out the, the run early. I ran a 12 hour race up here and I have a goal of running a, an ultra in every state. And so I needed to knock out Alaska, even though I'm going to live here for four years, I figured I might as well just get it out of the way, but I decided to run a 12 hour up here and I ran, you know, 44 miles in 12 hours. Awesome. Really happy with that. And then two weeks later, I went to the Bighorns for, to help pace my buddy. That is so cool. So anything else this year that you're doing or? No, nothing, nothing this year. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was going to do a 50 K. Um, and then I had to have a septoplast plasty where it took fix a deviated septum. Okay. Um, and I just had that like two weeks ago. It kind of the, it put me right. The surgery was right during the middle of when my peak training was supposed to be. And, um, you know, just like any other surgery, it kind of knocks you out for a little while. So yep. I decided that I wasn't going to be able to put the effort into training for it. So I'm just going to go out there and volunteer and cool. get back put some time back, but awesome. Awesome. So now you also run a podcast. So tell I us do. a little bit about your podcast. So we have a podcast, me and a friend of mine, we decided to start one up um, last September. So we're coming up on almost a year of doing it. Um, it's called the golden hour adventures podcast. So I say that we both are golden hour event, uh, golden hour adventurers, but he's definitely not. He's a, um, a fast runner. And so, <laughs> So I'll be the golden hour and he can be the, uh, the lead pack type guy, but there you go. You know, it's not a running podcast. That's something that we decided we did not want to do. We wanted to have a podcast that featured different people's adventures. And so we do have a lot of runners on it because both of us are ultra runners and, you know, we know a ton of people through the, through the sport, but, um, we've had a professional bronc rider. We've had, um, multiple hikers, um, hunters that have done, you know, like the grand slam of hunting. We've had all kinds of people on it. Um, we have interviews coming up of an ultra marathon or swimmer. 
Oh, cool. And so, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Triathletes, you know, anybody that has gone out and just done adventures, that's what we want to hear about. And so, yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool podcast. Um, it has a really cool platform behind it and, you know, we both enjoy doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that basically that's kind of the way we started our podcast was I got tired in 2020 of everybody telling me what I can't, what I can't do. And I was like, <laughs> you know, we weren't created that way. There, there's no can't man there. We are capable of doing so much and there are people out there with great stories. And so I said, you know what, let's, let's start a podcast. And so that's what we do is we get people on and have them tell their stories and, you know, what they're doing that's, you know, saying, Hey, I don't live in a world of camp. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So now you, you keep talking about Western States and hard rock. Are those kind of like on your bucket list? Yeah. So, um, Western States, you know, that's probably going to happen sooner than I would assume hard rock will, but, uh, yeah. So Western States is like goal number one, hard rock goal number two, UTMB goal number three. I had some, some points for UTMB and then they rolled over to the stone. So I lost all my points, but you know, just through 50 milers here and there could gain some points. But yeah, I, I think I'm, my, my goal is to run a, um, a qualifier every year for Western States and then run a qualifier every two years for hard rock. Uh, so next year I got to go back out and do a hard one again. <laughs> I think go. Rocky raccoon wasn't a hard one, but, um, yeah, I got to go out and do a, a big elevation gain run. So, well, you can um, always come down next year. I'm crewing and pacing the buddy at Ure. Yeah, I, I live at like, uh, 422 feet of elevation. So I don't think going out to your is going to be so do both of us. We, we live in Virginia beach, which, you know, half yeah. of your runs in Virginia beach, you're starting at below sea level. Well, as you mentioned, Virginia, um, I've been looking and kind of eyeing grindstone. So I think grindstone may happen next year. Okay, cool. Which is, it, it actually hits all three of them because it's a UTMB race. So it yep. hits Western hard rock and yeah, UTMB, and that's so. new this year. So we're all kind of going up looking to see what grindstone's actually going to be like this year because grindstone, you know, this is the first year of UTMB and it's like, okay, so what is this going to be like? Is it going to take, you know, that really homey kind of party atmosphere that grindstone has always been and is yeah. it going to change it or is it going to commercialize it? So everybody's, you know, kind of anxious to see what, what it becomes. They changed the course. So it's, you know, you, I saw you that you don't hit the wild Oak trail which is named the wild oak trail for a reason. Um, it's, it's a beast of a trail. So you don't hit the wild oak trail. So that's kind of disappointing because that, oh. that was kind of the, you know, that's kind of what made grindstone really, really tough. So it'll be interesting yeah. this year to go up and see what it's like, but yeah, don't, don't not do it because, you know, of UTMB. I think, I think it's cool that you can get all three, you know, by finishing grindstone. You know, there's a lot of negative talk out there about UTMB being bought out by Ironman. It, it was Ironman, right? I get them confused yeah. sometimes with uh, Lifetime Fitness. Um, but Lifetime Fitness, I believe, is... Um, Leadville. That's Leadville. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's... But, you know, people are going to sell races and it's just who has the best offer. And, you know, we have to adapt and overcome to what these yep. new races are going to offer. And Well, and I think that's, um, big, that's a great point because, I mean, if you think about it, the ultra running sport is only going to grow. It is. It's a hundred percent growing and the sport. I mean, I was watching um, the hard rock live stream this morning when Courtney finished. And I think there was like six or 7,000 people watching that live stream this morning. And I'm like, 
there's no way that every single one of these people are ultra marathoners. Right. You know, some of them have no idea. They just heard of Courtney DeWalter and they wanted to see her finish. Exactly. But how many, how many women has she inspired to go out and run their first 50 K run their oh, first 50 miler, yeah. inspire them to go run a hundred miles. And so, you know, there's tons of people out there that are inspiring people to do this sport and to get into it. And we're growing year by year. And, you know, the, the sport has to mold to be able to accept all these people. And so, yeah, there's just going to, there's going to be, you know, change is always, uh, you know, s- sometimes a bad thing, but if you find the the light in it, you know, and adapt and overcome, then, you know, you can out go out and enjoy UTMB, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's going to be good. I mean, you know, with UTMB coming in, I have a feeling that grindstone's going to be a better experience. And so we'll see. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm, and I'm glad that they are adding more races in North America that are, um, you know, cause the first year, I think there was only like one or two and it's like, you know, now they're starting yeah, to how grow do you qualify. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we have so many runners that are from North America and, you know, we all want to go run these races, but a lot of times can't travel to Europe or Asia to yeah. race. So, but yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. Bring them in and we'll see what happens. So what is like your mantra, your go-to mantra when you're out there on the trail and you're just, you just need to push through. Don't be a bitch. There you go. There you go. I like that. That's good. That's good. And and why? Uh, and where did that come from? I don't know. I just, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, I have a couple. So um, I always uh, tell people to go out and build character. And so anytime you do something hard, you're building character. And so like, you don't like to do something, you're building character. Right. And so I have coffee cups that say build character. You know how all these people have these little tattoos on their arms that says like, do one more, you can right. go further. I'm actually put thinking about build character on my arm. My that's wife awesome. doesn't know it yet, but that's what I'm thinking. But, you know, sometimes I'll be out suffering and I'll come into an aid station and I look like shit. My wife's just like, go build some character. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, there's always the, don't be a hero in the first half. Don't be a bitch in the second. And so, that's where the, the don't be a bitch comes in. Too. That's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. My, my good friend, Chris, when I was getting ready to run Blackbeard's hundred, he, he said, look, chill the first 75 miles, just get into your pace and then start racing at 75. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fast. I'm, you know, I'm it's not like I'm racing anyway, but something happened at mile 75, man. And I picked off like 20 to 25 people in the last 25 miles and ended up in the top 25. And I'm like, we crossed the line and I'm looking around. I'm going 26 hours. How the, did that happen? You know? Cause I was like, ah, there's no way. And you know, hundred mile in, you know, 26 hours. So let's just say this is kind of the way we like to end all of our shows and everything. So let's just say that you're talking to somebody that wants to finish, wants to go for their first, you know, big ultra marathon. Let's just say it's a, a, a big mountain one like black Hills or, or Bighorn. What is the number one piece of advice that you're going to give them? Slow down. Perfect. Slow down, eat early, eat often, just enjoy it while you're out there. It's, it's just a magical, it's a magical sport, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're doing it with talk to people on the trails. Cause everybody's got a story out there. I absolutely love just climbing up this massive climb of the big horns, right? And you're with this person that you have no idea who they are and you're just chit chatting with them, you know, and you're finding out what races they've done. They're asking you 
um, your races that you've done, you know, and, oh, I want to go try that one. Um, you know, you're, you're grabbing snacks and you're eating on the way up. And before you know it, the climb is done. Yep. And so, um, just enjoy your time out there, slow down, eat, you know, we do this for fun. It's not, it's not a job for us. It's, it's a hobby. And so why not treat it like a hobby? It's not serious. Just, yeah, you know, like you can go fast, but just have fun with it. Enjoy yeah. the scene, meet new people. Exactly. Just enjoy it. Perfect. That is awesome. Well, Justin, I really appreciate you joining us. And yeah, Mike, thank uh, you. Yeah, I appreciate this, it. Yeah, this will be fun. So, anybody that wants to uh, check out a podcast, check out the Golden Hour Adventures. You won't be disappointed. These guys have a lot of fun on their podcast. I can promise you that you'll end up laughing at some point. So, <laughs> definitely check out Justin's podcast, Golden Hour Adventures. And, uh, Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.